And why is Jesus better than anything else? Because he made everybody. Being a kid isn't easy. You know you're supposed to be good, and sometimes you feel like you're doing a great job. But then the next minute, you do something wrong again. That's why we need Jesus and to remember the good news of the gospel every day. Not just the part about when Jesus came to earth, but God's rescue plan from before he even created the world and the hope of living with him forever so that we can see through every story in the Bible why Jesus is better than anything else and why he wants you to join him. Okay, Miss Alicia, let's get learning. I need to remember as much as I can so that I can more er, about King Solomon than Gil. Hold on a second, Finn. Who's Gil? And why do you want to know more than him? Well, he's my older cousin. Dad's been visiting this week. He lives a day swim away in the North Coral Reef with my aunt and uncle. But he is better than me and at everything. So when it comes to visit, my mom and dad and sister see all the swim tricks he can do and ask him to sing songs. And he's even better at reading to my sisters than I am. So I can at least know more about King Solomon than him. Oh, Finn, I know how hard it is when someone seems to be better than you at everything. Because we want to feel important in what we do. That's for sure. But have you ever thought that God might not want you to be able to do all the things Gil can do? What? Why? Let's look at our story today, and maybe you can tell me. Oh, all right. Last week, we talked about God being Solomon's helper, and how God helps us through his Holy Spirit. But another way God helps us is through human, or fish, helpers. King Solomon chose priests, secretaries, someone to keep records, an army commander, governors, advisors, and men to be in charge of the workers. People from every area of his kingdom took turns bringing food so that at the, at the palace they would have everything they needed. Like what? Well... Five and a half tons of the finest flour, 11 tons of meal, 10 oxen that had been fed by hand, 20 oxen that had been fed on grasslands, 100 sheep and goats, deer, antelope and roebucks, and the finest birds. Wow, that, there must have been lots of hungry people at the palace. There were lots of people in all of Judah and Israel. In fact... They were as many as the grains of sand on the seashore. Hey, that's like what God promised Abraham. That his great, great, great grandchildren will be more than he could count. That's right. The people were experiencing great blessing. They ate, drank, and were happy. Solomon ruled over the countries around him, and the rulers brought him gifts. He had peace and rest because the other countries didn't go to war against him. And the people in Solomon's kingdom enjoyed living in safety, eating the food from their own land. 
And Solomon also had 12,000 horses and 4,000 spaces where he kept chariot horses. Wait a second. Was he supposed to have all those war horses? Nope. God had told the previous kings not to get lots of chariots and horses because God was the one who would fight for them. But God still made Solomon very wise. His understanding couldn't even be measured. It was like the sand on the seashore, which people can't measure. Whoa! So the people were more than the sand, and so is his wisdom. At least Solomon was more than you. Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the people of the East. It was greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. Solomon was wiser than anyone else. He became famous in all the nations around him. He spoke 3,000 proverbs and wrote 1,005 songs. He even spoke about plants. He knew everything about them, from the tallest cedar trees in Lebanon to the tiny hyssop plants that grow out of walls. He spoke about animals and birds, reptiles and fish. So he was like a scientist too. Yeah, he had lots of kinds of wisdom. The kings of all the world's nations heard about how wise Solomon was, so they sent their people to listen to him. One king, named Hiram, sent some men to Solomon because he'd been friends with David when he was king, and Solomon sent him a message. He told Hiram that though David had to fight lots of battles, God had given him peace on every side, so he was going to build a temple for the name of the Lord his God. He said, That's what God told my father David he wanted me to do. He said, I will put your son on the throne in your place. He will build a temple. I will put my name there. So give your men orders to cut down cedar trees in Lebanon for me. My men will work with yours. I'll pay you for your men's work. I'll pay any amount you decide on. When Hiram heard Solomon's message, he was very pleased. He said, May the Lord be praised today. He has given David a wise son to rule over that great nation. Hiram said, I'll make the logs into rafts. I'll float them to the place you want me to. When the rafts arrive, I'll separate the logs from each other. Then you can take them away. And here's what I want in return. Provide food for all the people in my palace. So Hiram supplied Solomon with all the cedar and juniper logs he wanted. Solomon gave Hiram 3,600 tons of wheat as food for the people in his palace. He also gave him 120,000 gallons of oil made from pressed olives. He did that for Hiram year after year. So instead of flooding the other nations, this king is helping Solomon. Have what he needs to build the temple. Yeah. The Lord made Solomon wise, just as he had promised him. There was peace between Hiram and Solomon. King Solomon made non-Israelite men who were living in the land of Israel work hard for him. Solomon had 70,000 people who carried things. He had 80,000 who cut stones in the hills. He had... 3,300 men in charge of the project. The people did what the king commanded. They removed large blocks of the best quality stone from a rock pit. 
They use them to provide a foundation for the temple. That's a lot of people working on one building. There's no way Solomon could could have done all that on his own, even though he was the one who was in charge of it all. That's right. He started building the temple 480 years after the Israelites came out of Egypt. Well, if those thieves have only been able to imagine what their nation was doing now. And it was all because God allowed it and gave them peace from all their enemies. The temple King Solomon built for the Lord was 90 feet long. It was 30 feet wide and it was 45 feet high. I wish I knew what it looked like. Well, people have made drawings of what they thought the temple looked like using the descriptions in this chapter because there are lots of a lot of measurements that the author wrote down. I'll include a drawing on my website, aliciayoder.com, so you and the boys and girls listening can check it out. The temple had a porch and windows, side rooms, three floors, and of course, the most holy room. There was a golden altar, a golden table for the holy bread, golden lampstands, and golden dishes and cups. Where do you get all that gold? I've read books about people finding buried treasure, or just of gold underwater on a sinking ship. I've never seen one. Well, David had set aside gold and silver for him. But remember that other nations had brought him gifts too. And when kings conquered another nation, they took their money. Solomon got a man named Huram to make two huge bronze pillars for the temple porch with carvings of pomegranates and lilies around it, and to make a huge bowl that held 12,000 gallons of water for the priests to wash in, and smaller bowls on carts for the priests to wash the animal parts for the sacrifices. The bowls had carvings of bulls, lions, and cherubim, which were heavenly creatures with wings. And he made pots, shovels, and sprinkling bowls for the priest's work. While this big project was going on, a message came to Solomon from the Lord. The Lord said, You are now building this temple. Follow my orders. Keep my rules. Obey all my commands. Then I will make the promise I gave your father David come true. I will do it through you. I will live among my people Israel. I will not desert them. So the temple wouldn't be their good luck charm or to show how powerful they were, but to remember that God was in charge. Exactly. And just because they had the temple, it didn't mean they could live however they felt like. God wanted to help them remember him and obey him. So Solomon built the temple and finished it. The inside of the temple was covered with cedar wood. Gourds and open flowers were carved on the wood. Solomon prepared the most holy room inside the temple. That's where the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord would be placed. Solomon covered the inside of the room with pure gold. He covered the altar for burning incense with gold and the inside of the whole temple. He also made two huge cherubim for the most holy room, and their wings spread out over the Ark of the Covenant. On the walls all around the temple, he carved cherubim, 
palm trees, and open flowers. Hey, it was kind of like they were making a, a garden inside the temple. Remember back in the Garden of Eden when God walked with Adam and Eve? Well, now God's presence would be in this kind of garden. And now God, God is in the garden of our hearts. And tells us that there's a better garden coming where we will get to walk with him again. And play and swim. <laughs> right. Everything was finished just as the plans required. Solomon had spent seven years building the temple. Then he brought in the things his father David had set apart for the Lord. They included the silver and gold and all the other things for the Lord's temple. Solomon placed them with the other treasures that were there. But it took Solomon 13 years to finish his palace, which was even bigger than the temple. He built a room where he could judge and a palace for Pharaoh's daughter. Why spend so much time on his own palace? So he could look even more important? It seems like that. Maybe he wanted his palace to be even more amazing than the other palaces he'd visited or heard about. So, what was God doing in our story today? Well, he made the other nations like Solomon, and all those people worked for him and helped him do the temple project. And he helped Solomon write those songs and prophets and science books. But then Solomon used his power to build that huge palace. God gave Solomon wisdom, but he also gave him the freedom to make choices. Part of Solomon wanted to build a great temple for God, but the other part of him wanted a really nice palace. Hmm, maybe it wouldn't be as great to be Solomon or my cousin Gil. Maybe it better to be one of the so stone cutters. <laughs> it's not wrong to have dreams of getting better at reading or swimming really fast, but God cares so much more about our hearts than what we can do for Him. In fact, it says in Paul's letter to the Corinthians that in our weakness, God is strong. When I make a mistake and turn to God for help, I can see how strong He is and how much He wants to give me His grace and mercy. He also loves to help people work together to carry out his plans. David got all this gold and silver ready for the temple, but then he died, and Solomon was the one who actually built the temple. God might have good work for your parents to do that you can take over when they get too old, or there might be people they were helping that you get to help now. That's why we can trust God in whatever kind of life we have, or whether it's a hard time in our life or an easier one. He's using all our lives to work together for His good purposes so that people can know Him, and we can know Him more too. So maybe I can thank God for the ways He's helped Gil and remember that God has a different life for me to live with Him. Those sound like great ideas, Finn. And you can trust that God can use your obedience and Gil's obedience to bring him glory in the coral reefs you both live in, so that all over the ocean, God's name can look great, because he's wiser than anyone in the universe.
But how do I know I'm doing the right things during the day? Well, you can start with what your parents and teachers ask you to do, and then ask God to help you know what are good things for you to choose from. Like playing a game with my sister, or building a fort with the sand in my room. That sounds super fun. And you can thank those who help you do the things God wants you to do. Like my mom and dad and teachers? Absolutely. Let's ask God for his help right now. Father, we don't want to be like Solomon, building a temple and our own palace at the same time. Would you help us to trust you and what you allow to happen each day and to choose to do and think about what's good? We can't do it without you and your word. We love you. Amen. Okay, time to scoot, little newt. Hey, that's my job. I'll get you next time. See ya, boys and girls.